Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Bus God. It'll make sense <laughs> later. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. We have got a great episode for you. Uh, we're back. We're back in the saddle. It's uh, after Thanksgiving. It's after our little break that we did. I hope that y'all enjoyed that uh, collaboration we did with Andrea's new podcast, Podvant Guard. Uh, remember that Andrea has a Patreon for her artwork and all of the cool stuff she's doing. So go ahead and check that out at Andrea Gazetta on Instagram and at Sundress Comic on Twitter. Uh, you can also go to andreagazetta.com to check that out. Go listen to Podvant Guard. Go support Andrea. She's doing really, really great work. And I know that she's got a lot of cool art projects coming up. So go check that out. But this episode is bussin'. And I, I mean, bussing with two dollar signs in it. Yeah. Again, it'll make sense. I don't want to ruin it. Paige did a great job and I'm so excited uh, to get into this episode. Uh, Before we do, go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Check out all the tiers and rewards we have there. Uh, I was finally fucking able to finish putting in the second order of t-shirts. They're finally coming in. I don't know what the issue was. I ordered Supply a chain. Yeah. I ordered a bunch of shirts and they were like, they're coming. And then they never showed up. So nice. uh, the first wave of shirts have already been sent out. Otherwise, we've got new shirts coming in. Uh, and those should be in, hopefully, by the beginning of December. Um, so go ahead and check out patreon.com slash cold podcast. Also, if you're looking for a new place to listen to the show, can we suggest Rooster Tea? Cockadoodle doo. Yeah. You can go to roosterteeth.com or download the app on all of your devices to check out all of the awesome shows that we have on Rooster Teeth. Uh, And one of those shows is our show. And might I say, the best show. (laughs) Or you could see us both on Funhouse from a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that podcast episode was so great. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) It it implies that... Much like Jesus has the sacrament mm-hmm. of bread and wine, Santa has cookies and milk representing mm-hmm. Santa's cookie skin and milky blood. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Who said we're not a holiday-friendly podcast, huh? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Totally. God, holy shit. Creating content has broken my brain. I forgot that Christmas hasn't happened yet. Yeah, right. Well, because you guys taped a bunch of Christmas stuff. Yeah, we filmed all our Christmas shit. So in my mind, it's like, it's already 2022, baby. It's a brand <laughs> yeah. new year. Yep. Uh, anyway, without much further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. 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 Buss it. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have turkey. Yeah. Too much turkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A whole turkey taking up my, my fridge. You were telling me uh before we started recording that you you made a twenty pound bird. 
I made a 20 pound bird oh my because God. I'm bad at math. <laughs> How how much I don't I'm not a bird expert page mm-hmm. by the way mm-hmm. all I know is that mm-hmm. they're fake uh you know yeah, that they're exactly. robots exactly imaginary mm-hmm. put in completely by the U S government that's all that I know for sure you got to take the batteries out before you roast it <laughs> most people think it's like the giblets or whatever it's yeah. not it's it's batteries for real yeah so you do, so you take the batteries out see i leave the batteries in and then scoop them out and then call that stuffing and that's what mm. i serve my guests mm. roasted battery i always cook my stuffing separate to make sure it's safe is that real mm-hmm. i thought it was called stuffing because you're real. supposed to stuff it inside and cook it in the bird People traditionally have but depending on what the ingredients of your stuffing is and how you're cooking your bird that stuffing may not get up to safe temperatures to kill off stuff. Okay. So you either have to like pre-cook it or cook it a little bit after, or I just cook it completely separate. So Damn, I'm realizing right now that I have no idea what stuffing actually is. <laughs> As in you've never had any or you've never made any? Uh, both. I've never eaten mm, stuffing, okay. but I've also never... I just... I thought in my head... I'm running you through my thought process. I thought it was something cool. you stuff in the bird to keep its like integrity, its structural integrity. Uh, no, the bones keep the structural integrity. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I thought they were just like they did when the bird was air quotes alive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if that was like load bearing stuffing. Well, <laughs> load bearing stuffing. I also I spatchcock my turkey, which means that it it lays flat kind of flat and so you there's no cavity so Paige, what do you do to your turkey spatchcock it <laughs> nice. i cock slap it nice. you know <laughs> no, fucking nice dude show that bird who's boss <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no but really we take its spine out and then we crack its breastbone oh so. my god i love that you yeah. cook a turkey like it owes you money <laughs> it does <laughs> All it right. does for all the surveillance it's done, for all of the lies it's holding from the government. Yeah. That bird does owe me money. <laughs> for all the poop it's put on my car. Those yep. fucking birds. Well, Those fucking birds. Yeah. We just got back from Thanksgiving. Uh, the most anti-bird holiday in existence since... Right. I don't know. I can't think of a hunting season. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Since hunting season and uh, and we're here with another episode. It's been a while. It's been a while since we recorded one. This is the longest break we have taken from recording in four years. Yeah. And it was three weeks. Yep. Uh Yes. Yeah. For a hot second, I was like, I almost don't remember how to do this show, but it's only been three weeks. Are you ready for some early American cult nonsense? We're going to get into it. Are you ready, Armando? 100% all of the time. Thank you very much for asking. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get into sources. So because this is old times and they don't keep good records, as we know. Uh, a lot of these sources are kind of anecdotal, Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people have had, have kind of recorded this story and some of the unique little tidbits that are part of it. All right. So we've got the New York Almanac and their section on Westchester. Uh, and it's an article called the prophet Matthias and Elijah, the Tishbite. Uh, then we have controversial source. 
the josephsmithpapers.org. Uh, I swear it's important later. Don't worry. It's not about any facts. Uh, but we are going to get into this person meeting Joseph Smith okay. in early America. Are we talking I'm about... I'm very excited about it. Are we talking about Joseph Smith's uh, infamous underwear salesman? No, uh, but this is... Kind of in the same way that Jim Jones met Father Divine, mm-hmm. this guy that we're talking about today will specifically go out to meet Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. and they do not get along. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. Um, Is it because so, this guy wore magic panties instead of magic boxers? Um, I, mm, I think it's more along the lines of... Both of them wanted control, mm-hmm. and so neither was going to cede to the other one. Gotcha. But we'll get into it. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, then we have a book called The Kingdom of Matthias by Paul E. Johnson mm-hmm. and Sean Willens. And then finally, we have a site called MurderByGaslight.com. Now, Murder by Gaslight is kind of interesting because it specializes in murders that predate electricity. Okay. So it's basically this idea of like old-timey murders where forensics and things weren't around or at least not in the way that we think of them today so shout out murder by gaslight there's some fun stuff on there yeah because it sounds like murder and then they gaslight you about it (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. they're just like but there wasn't a murder yeah actually did you think there was a murder actually no yeah actually his name was jack the dipper so (laughs) and he just had a limp yeah you fucking idiot and i'm like all right website thanks thank you all right so we start our story today by talking about a man named robert matthews now robert matthews was born in 1788 in the farming village of cambridge new york uh it's in washington county that is kind of like not quite completely upstate it's like mid-state at least from what i could see on maps probably wrong kind almost upstate though uh, and he was born into a large family. Specifically, had he had four brothers and five sisters. So, ten kids in total. Uh, you know, people be having those giant families and messing their kids up. Yeah. In the past. You got to do it. I mean. If you <laughs> you got to do all it. The, Who's going to work the farm? All the birds weigh 20 pounds. And I got to <laughs> It's got to feed enough people. Here's the, here's the sad thing. I had four like four people at my house for thanksgiving which means that (laughs) and that's and that i guess five including jake and i uh which means that we all would have had to have eaten four whole pounds of turkey for this to have been like a a good decision even in this family where there's 12 of them that means each of them would have still had to have eaten like a whole pound of turkey oh my god and then some oh man Paige is bad at math So, his family was heavily involved in something called the Anti-Burger Presbyterian (laughs) Church. And I have in my notes, pause for Armando to laugh about burger jokes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I knew we were going to come to this. So, I will take a second to explain what the anti-burger movement is. It's the belief that Um, Jesus Christ was a giant hot dog, right? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's the belief that Jesus Christ was made of beyond meat. Ah, uh, it's the yeah. anti-burger. <laughs> no. Um, so the anti-burger movement actually originates in Scotland. 
Um, I'm sorry. It's just because he was able to do the impossible meat. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, And it originated in Scotland because they're more of a haggis people. Mm. (laughs) No, uh, it originates in Scotland about two decades before Robert was born. And it was actually in response to a law called the Burger Oath, which, and again, it's not, it's not spelled like burger. It's B-U-R-G-H-E-R, burger. Wait, wait, Um, wait, wait, B, wait, B, wait, spell it again. B-U-R-G-H-E-R, burger. Okay, so it's spelled like Matt Damon's pronouncing burger. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> burger yeah what i'm supposed to go um, eat a, one of them burgers yeah but first you got to take the burger oath <laughs> i burger take the fries to be my lawfully wedded wife um so the burger oath and this is actually like it's a it's kind of a unintentionally funny name for something that's actually really interesting and important but Essentially, it was an oath that was required by all public servants that would claim allegiance to whatever religion governed the land at the time. So in some cases, depending on who was ruling Scotland, that could be the Church of England, it could be the Presbyterian Church, it could be any number of things. But the anti-burgers thought that this was a conflict of interest. And so they have kind of, they have an early form of separation of church and state. Essentially, they don't want their public officials to be tied to specifically any one congregation. Mm -hmm. Which, I agree. So... They form their own group, and some of them then emigrate to the colonies right around the time that the Revolutionary War is happening. So, that's how he grows up in this anti-burger belief. Um, just hating burgers on that impossible meat tip. Hating burgers and then coming to America. Yeah, I know. The land of burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also Germany, I guess, yeah, is where it like yeah, originates, yeah. but you know. It's kind of our thing. Uh, that's <laughs> I was uh, talking to friend of the show, Crystal Adams, uh, and her husband is French. And we were making like she was making the Little Mermaid French noise. They're like, oh, 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 and he was like, French people don't do that. It's really offensive. And of course, <laughs> then we immediately laughed about it forever. Uh, but he was like, I don't go around calling Americans burger eaters. And I was like, wait, is that what they do in France? Because that's like both accurate and offensive. Yeah. No, honestly, I love that. I love yeah, I'm like, that's, I mean, that's true. Like, I can't go around denying that I enjoy burgers. Yeah. I wish that's how the rest of the world saw us. I want my passport to just have the golden arches on it. St. <laughs> Louis? No. <laughs> uh, the city of burgers. So, the reason I bring this up is because Robert Matthews' parents died when he was seven. And there's not a ton of information about how or why they died. Uh, Just, you know, olden times. Uh, But this left Robert and his nine siblings, four brothers, five sisters, to be raised by the elders of their church communally. So, they basically get passed from house to house to house to house to house until they grow up. Wow. Um, so their godfather yeah. was God. Yeah. The literal godfather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you come to me on the day of my son's crucifixion. Yeah. <laughs> you like ask the me, godfather. <laughs> you ask me for a favor. He's my only son. And then everyone else is like, well, what about me? I'm your, I'm your child. All of us. Um, so... 
that's how he kind of grows up. And by the time he's 18, because he's kind of been raised by the community, he had become a fairly successful carpenter. One of the things that they did is they kind of gave all of the kids a trade Mm -hmm. and apprenticed them. So he's a pretty successful carpenter, just like his godfather would have wanted. (laughs) Sorry. Wait, wait. Because Jesus also carpenter. I'm trying to figure it out. Wouldn't that make Jesus his cousin? Brother, half brother. Half brother. Yeah, I guess that's how it would work, huh? That's pretty cool that this guy was able to become Jesus's stepbrother. That's pretty, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. pretty dope. I think that, I mean, I mean, we're all, you know, we're all brothers and sisters of Jesus, but this guy is just one step closer. Yeah, he, he's one degree of Kevin Bacon closer to Jesus. Yeah. So. God married this guy's mom. Right, exactly. Uh, so he was a successful carpenter, mm-hmm. and he actually moves to Manhattan to try and make a name for himself, be an even more successful carpenter. Mm-hmm. But this only lasted two years because Robert is a bit of a wild card. Um, I'm not a psychologist, but I have done a bunch of research. <laughs> and here's what I know. Uh, Robert was prone to unpredictable outbursts of violence particularly against women, but not exclusively. And he would fixate on religious absolutes and he held everyone to those standards, which is kind of odd given the church he grew up in that didn't want everyone held to the same religious standards. Um, But he would start fights with anyone who disagreed with him. So in New York, he just constantly fought with his co-workers because he believed that they were sinful purely because they weren't as obsessed with God as he was. And in his free time, he would preach on street corners, but not any like official doctrine. He was just shouting his views on how God was hella sexist. And that's the way everything should be. Oh, tight. Awesome. And yeah. He did this in yeah. his free time. This was his free hobby. time. Hobby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And at one point, he decides that he's going to join an African Methodist church. Now, pause. This prompted me to have to do a ton of research into whether or not he was black. Because up till this point, no one had mentioned it in any of the research. And this is a time when a lot of people are still slaves. And so I'm like, were his parents former slaves? Like, how how does he get into this African Methodist church? Like, what's going on? And here's what I found. A bunch of carvings and lithographs depicting him with a beard. Uh, and some of them are kind of dark, but I think it's just bad printing. Like, it's not, like, because some of them clearly are not depicting him dark. Um, I finally did manage to find photographs from the end of his life, at which point photographs are more common. And he appears to be white passing. And no one has mentioned up until this point that his family were former slaves, that he was a slave, that they came over from anywhere. Also, as we'll see as we go forward, he has freedom to travel and he's included in socialite circles. And coupled with nobody mentioning it, I think at the very minimum, if he had any sort of connection to being African or African-American at all, it was like a fraction and he was so white passing that no one noticed or he was just a white guy who just like walked up into an African church and assumed that he could go anywhere because he was white. 
I think it's the latter. I think he's just an asshole white guy. Yeah. Um, if somebody out there has information conflicting with that, let me know. Because I could not definitively find anything anywhere that said that he was black. So I'm going to assume he was white. And just joined an African Methodist church because he that's how he do. Um, but here's the thing about Robert in churches. He was constantly getting thrown out of churches. Oh, uh, because the second anyone preached anything that he didn't exactly agree with, he would stand up in service and shout them down until the men of the congregation physically removed him. And this happened a lot. Like, a lot. And I'm not talking about disagreements on, like, serious doctrinal issues. I'm talking about trivial things like food or colors or... And I mean colors of, like, fabric what? and stuff. Yes. Uh, but most importantly, whether women were people or not. Because, spoiler, Robert does not think women are people. <laughs> like, at all. Oh, my God. I'm, I just have... The image of my mind of this guy sitting in a pew in church waiting and he watches the father come out, right? And the father's wearing like the wrong color vestiges or whatever. Vestments. Vestments. Yeah. They're like, he comes out and it's like purple instead of like green. And I just imagine him jumping up and being like, nah, green motherfucker. And then just running up and trying to fight. Yes. Oh my God. That's not wrong. That <laughs> You are correct. Jesus Christ. That's exactly the kind of shit that was going on. Dude, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday where they told me, first of all, this person is described to me as the strip club bandit. Just FYI. Just off top. Wait. Okay. No, hold on. I have questions. Uh -huh. Strip club bandit. Are they stealing from people at the strip club no. like how did they get this name so they got the name of the strip club bandit because they go in there with 80 dollars and they figured out exactly how much money they have to spend to be able to stay at the strip club while keeping under budget <laughs> so apparently that's just it he he told me yeah every five minutes all you got to do is you just throw another five you just throw a five out and then you just kind of sit back and relax and wait and wait in the back but he was telling me, uh, he goes, yeah, every time I go to the strip club, they know me now. Like the security guards will come up to me and they go, hey, fool, you were here last week, huh? You were the guy with the Air Forces. And I'm like, yeah. And they know me like that. And I was like, dude, that's not a good thing. <laughs> the, oh, no. The security guard at the strip club recognizing you is never a good thing. <laughs> Which is the same level of like, dude, getting kicked out of multiple churches is like multiple churches. the worst possible thing to use as a flex. <laughs> oh, I felt that way. So there's one Domino's delivery guy for like my side of Los Angeles. Uh -huh. And so anytime we order, it's the same dude. And we hadn't ordered from like from Domino's in a while. I just hadn't. Uh -huh. And he showed up at our house and he was like, hey, how have you been? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. You shouldn't be recognizing me in my house like that. Yeah. Um, but that cheese dip they've got is amazing. That's the whole reason I stopped ordering from Domino's is because I used to order Domino's pizza all the time. It's like yeah, my favorite. Uh, and then I stopped ordering it for a while and then I ordered it once and the guy came and I was a little high and he was at the door and he went, hey, man, I missed you. And I just I went, what? And he goes, no, you know, it's just, it's been a while. And I was, I, I decided in that moment, the fact that he was comfortable enough to be, to say, have you ever, a man carrying pizza at your house goes, I missed you. 
It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I was like, I gotta, I either gotta stop ordering Domino's or I have to marry Domino's, but it's one or the other. <laughs> can I, can I uh, advocate for the alternative that you marry Domino's? Yeah. Domino's, I'm putting it um, on the line. Will you marry me, Domino's? <laughs> Will you marry Hold me up. and also cater the wedding? Hold up. I gotta see this. I gotta, who's a uh, Domino's CEO? Richard E. Allison Jr., you fucking Jeff Bezos-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Will you? What is it about having money that just makes all of the hair in your body leave? <laughs> I'm going to... I was going to say laser, <laughs> but but I don't think this was intentional. No. God. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, home homeboy be throwing out of churches like we be ordering dominoes. Hell yeah. Uh, but in 1808, two years later, at the age of 20, he hightails it back to upstate New York because he was accused of full-ass assault. Now, granted, he's definitely committed multiple assaults, but this is the first time that somebody's like, we're getting the law involved. <laughs> because back in the day, sometimes people would just beat you up, and that would just be the end of it. <laughs> so, there are differing accounts. But most people say that he had actually physically beaten his sister-in-law. And that's why the law finally gets involved. Oh my is God. that his brother was just like, no, I am not a church. You can't just beat people up and leave. So. <laughs> I had a mouthful of water when you said that. <laughs> this isn't a church. You can't just beat people, just beat and people up and leave. <laughs> So once he gets back to upstate New York, he decides to set up his own business. And there's not a ton of info about this business, except that later in some accounts, it's referred to as a store. So I'm guessing that he either set up some sort of furniture or carpentry business or a general mercantile store. Don't know. But by all accounts, he was pretty successful at it. So successful that for the next few years, he would actually travel back and forth to Manhattan, where he met and married his wife, Margaret, in 1813. Now, also in Manhattan, he met a man named Mordecai Manuel Noah, who we do not have time to get into today, but we'll probably get his own episode. But Mordecai wanted to make a home commune for displaced Jews in America, which was convenient for Robert who had just decided that he was full-blown Jewish. Oh. And not only that, but specifically descended from the Apothel Matthias, who in some texts is said to have replaced Judas. If you're wondering, is that accurate? No, there's nothing to suggest okay. that that's true. Okay, cool, 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 cool. There's no way he... No, uh-uh. Nope, probably not. Don't think so. <laughs> no, well, I wouldn't want to be... Because um, he's saying that he's descended from the disciple that replaced Judas? Yeah, so after Judas um, completes suicide, they get another disciple. Damn! I didn't know Judas fucking committed suicide. All right, all right, all right. Let's park the car for a second. All right, so Judas betrays Jesus. Yeah. He sells Jesus out to the Romans. The Romans uh, crucify Jesus. Uh -huh. And after Jesus dies, Judas, so conflicted by that betrayal complete suicide 
and the leftover apostles then are kind of scattered but still remain in contact because they then spread the word of Jesus and his kind of message out through the rest of the world after that. And so they gain Matthias. Huh. So, yeah. Okay. Damn. I just straight yeah. up, I just thought Judas and Jesus like didn't text each other for a bit. I didn't realize it was like that. <laughs> well, Jesus was dead. <laughs> well, he but, comes yeah, back yeah, yeah, he was, three days yeah. later, but then he goes back to heaven. So he's like not around. So damn mind you this is all like new testament all of this has happened by like chapter five that's like the beginning of the new Testament. okay tight tight (laughs) and then there's like a bunch more chapters anyway so he's convinced himself that he's jewish there is no factual basis for this um he and margaret would go on to have six children over the next few years and Unfortunately, he remains a nightmare uh, as he fell deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of his religious fixation, specifically fixating on women being evil within religion. He now also believed that he has an ancestral connection to figures in the Bible. And so he starts to blame all of the problems in his life on his wife because it couldn't be his fault. He is related to essentially an apostle, which in his mind makes him like divine adjacent if we want to think of it that way i don't think it does i it doesn't it fully doesn't none of this makes sense from a biblical standpoint or a logical standpoint no but to him that's what he believed and so he would violently beat his wife with a belt because he was convinced she was full of evil spirits so he's not a great dude and he is heavily fixating on religious iconography he is prone to bouts of violence he believes things no one else can see or understand i strongly suspect that there is some unchecked mental illness here because this is olden days and they don't know how to deal with that um regardless his business begins to fail because he just wasn't working like he just stopped doing it he was like i don't need to do this i'm related to an apostle what are you talking about and he couldn't hold down any jobs because it was only a matter of time before he went ape shit on his co-workers and beat the shit out of somebody for disagreeing with him about being semi-divine yo you can't just walk around fighting people yep yep and this goes on for 17 years oh my god 17 years in 1830 at the age of 42 he was thrown out of a church in argyle new york for his usual shit um but this time it had gotten so violent that they involved the local authorities and he was arrested and tried but the trial was a disaster (laughs) he literally shouted at the judge the entire trial (laughs) and that judge did what he thought was the most logical thing to do put him in prison for a while to cool off. So he's charged with like contempt of court and like a bunch of stuff, but he's not in jail for that long. And once out, he straight up abandons his family and runs back to Manhattan where he would meet the people who would change the rest of his life forever. And this is where we have to pause and talk about a man named Elijah Pearson. Now, Elijah Pearson, a little bit younger than Robert He was born August 30th, 1786 in Morristown, New Jersey to a Puritan family because this is old enough that some Puritans are still around. (laughs) 
so as a young man, he apprenticed as a clerk. And by the time he was 34, he had actually opened his own mercantile firm in Manhattan and was extremely successful and very wealthy for the time. See, I know what tile is, but what the fuck is merc? mercantile is like uh importing and exporting goods no i get that i get so I, it's again like, I, it's like a whole bunch of stuff i know he's so i know he's got the tile death tiles tiles shaped like ninja stars. but then what's the merc he's selling merc and tile he's murking people with damn an assassin <laughs> yeah, a tile assassin so he's a tile assassin wealthy for the time <laughs> he commits murders specifically in bathrooms and some kitchens yeah. And some kitchens and occasionally a patio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but he had grown up very, very religious and was still super involved in the church while running his business. And during his free time, he volunteered as the male elder of the Female Missionary Society for the Poor of New York in its vicinity. And they needed help with branding and shortening their name for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's the whole name. The Female Missionary Society for Poor of New York and its vicinity. I fell asleep midway through it. Yes, halfway through it. It's like half the length of a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> and it's here in the Missionary Society that he met and married a woman named Sarah Stanford. Her family were Baptists, so he converted to being a Baptist. And by all accounts, he loved Sarah. So much so that when she got involved in prayer meetings led by a man named Francis Folger, he followed her there too. Folger taught the tenets of retrenchment. He even formed the Retrenchment Society, which basically advocated for no luxuries in diet, clothing, or home furnishings. But basically everything that Elijah sold in his store, they were like, no, no. <laughs> Um, it's austerity to the maximum. And the meetings took place at the home of Francis's brother, Benjamin, and his wife, Anne Folger. So Elijah and Sarah buy into this whole hog and they begin fasting for long periods of time. When they did eat, it was only bread and water. And Elijah also began preaching around this time because everyone in this group is so into the church and that's kind of all they do outside of work. Yeah. So he starts preaching. He applies to be ordained as a minister and was denied. I don't know why. There's no information about why they were like, pass, but pass. The Baptist church was like, no go. Do not collect $200. Like it's, Especially at a yeah. time where it seems like they pretty much let anyone do it. Exactly. Uh, and despite this, he and Sarah still decide to form their own independent church and a mission for the sex workers in their neighborhood. There's not a ton of information on it. I think it was them thinking they were helping the sex workers in their neighborhood, but I don't know if it was helping or if it was convert and stop being a sex worker and join our commune. Like, I don't know exactly what happened. But it was around this time that Elijah started hearing voices on the bus now typically when someone hears voices on the bus we shouldn't listen to mm -hmm. them and this is no exception uh literally only months apart from robert's arrest in argyle elijah begins calling himself elijah the tishbite and preaching on the things that god would tell him on the bus 
So like whenever he would ride the bus, God would give him messages and then he would preach about them. See, this is why I, and it this is, is why I Uber everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by the way, it is an omnibus at, at this point. It's not a bus necessarily in the way that we would think of it. It's an omnibus. Yeah, just like how God, God is omnibus. He's all around. Yeah, God is omnibus. He's all around us on the yeah. bus. He is every stop on the bus. What yes. is this world but a giant bus? Right, exactly. Oh, shit. I just uh, thought about it. And this world is a giant bus. <laughs> it's yep. just a big rock floating through space and I'm trying to get off. On the bus, which you really shouldn't do. Don't jerk off no, on the bus. No, just hear voices and keep it in your head like the rest of <laughs> keep us. Keep it in your head like the rest of us. Unfortunately, around this same time, his wife Sarah contracts consumption. And weakened by their fasting and overworked and only eating bread and water, she dies. Because, like, she is just not healthy enough to fight it or live long enough with it. And also consumption was kind of a death sentence at the time for a lot of people. So she dies and Elijah loses it. At her funeral, he attempts to raise her from the dead for a full hour by chanting and shouting over her open casket. And he's preaching and screaming until her family members drag him away from the funeral concerned for his mental health. It um, trips me out that they let it go on for an hour, though, because that an hour, that, a full hour. That means for the first 30 minutes, they were like, nah, he's on to something, though. This yeah, like, might, what if it works, this though? Might work. Bro, I don't want to be I don't want to talk out of turn, but I heard Elijah's been on the bus a lot lately. And you know what they yeah, say, right? Like, I mean, the bus is supposed to be here at 315. That can't be a coincidence. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. It's almost like the buses are specifically avoiding our boy. What's up with that? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, God damn. A full hour. A full hour. A full hour. And he was despondent. But he kept hearing God's words on the bus. And so he keeps preaching the words of bus God. But most people left his church because it turned out the only reason they were staying was because Sarah seemed sane. Yeah. And they were like, he's weird, but she's great. Just real um, quick, by the way, Bus God is my new favorite SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> oh, God, I was drinking Diet Coke. Hey, you hear that oh. new Bus God track? Yo, Bus God just dropped a new EP, fool. <laughs> I'm trying to get off, and then in parentheses, this Earth Bus. But I feel like it would be like bus, like B-U-S-S, and then God, like G-A-W-D. Hell yeah. Bus God. Well, I just found my new rap name. See ya, Paige. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I was going to be Bus God. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe together we're Bus God. Like yeah. Silk Sonic. Hell yeah. Or like Run the Jewels. Maybe one of us could be, you could be Bus God and I'll be Lil Consumption. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I should be Lil Consumption. All right. Well, actually, it's really funny if you're the Lil anything. Yeah, you know what? Fair enough. We figured it out. Because you're small. This bitch got me raising her from <laughs> the fucking dead. <laughs> this bitch got me coughing in rags, raising the dead, riding on the bus, riding on her tracks. Here I am all alone, all alone. Yes. Bus God. New single coming out. Oh, yeah. January 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Okay. Anyway, so most people were not feeling the gospel of Bus God, but that's just because they hadn't heard his original yeah, album. Yeah, they haven't heard the and old shit. They haven't heard the old shit. They're not real Bus God fans. They're bandwagon <laughs> fans, or rather, Bus fans. Um, the only people that really stayed were the Folgers and a servant. Now, his servant was actually a former slave, now a, a paid servant, uh, and her name was Isabella Van Wagenen, and she's going to be very important later on. Um, but she believed him and was like, hey, I know you seem weird, but I'm willing to trust you. And it went this way for about two years until he was visited by a man who claimed to also hear the word of God. The prophet Matthias, a.k.a. Robert Matthews. And Robert basically preached that he himself was the second coming, not Christ, and that the Lord's kingdom was at hand, which brings us to the list of people who have claimed to be Jesus at the same time. Are you ready? Always, Paige. Coming in hot. We have Arnold Potter, who is the schismatic Latter-day Saint leader, and he claimed that the spirit of Jesus Christ entered into his body and he became Potter Christ. Um, <laughs> who, like, he thinks that he It's because his last God? name was Potter. <laughs> it's because his last name was Potter, but Potter Christ just sounds like... Like when Harry Potter's not allowed at your school because yeah. you go to Christian school and they're just like, I know somebody else who's even better at magic and he didn't have to go to win wizard school. It's Jesus. <laughs> um, just, anyway, Potter. Christ. I love the idea of Potter Christ because in my mind, it sounds like he Kirby'd Jesus. Like he ate, he, <laughs> he took in Jesus him. and now he has the characteristics of both of them. Well, he he became Potter Christ uh, and he died in an attempt to, quote, ascend into heaven by jumping off a cliff. Oh, no, that's um, the opposite of ascending. <laughs> that's, that's the opposite. That's descending. Uh, and his body was later retrieved and buried by his followers. Uh, but also right around the same exact time is Cyrus Teed. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> The Koreshian Unity, uh, he is a physician, air quotes, uh, who claimed to be the incarnation of Jesus Christ and believed to have obtained knowledge regarding the hollow earth theory and presented a cosmological model of the earth with an inverted sphere and the remaining universe located within it. You remember, we did an episode on it three years ago. Yeah. God anyway. damn it, that fucking crazy asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they didn't even know about Potter Christ. Like they had options for people claiming to be Jesus. Mm -hmm. And no, they were all in on bus God. So Elijah immediately believes Robert, a.k.a. Matthias, and is like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And it's because Elijah's in real pain and isn't processing it well clearly and before his wife even died had been hearing the gospel of bus god so i think again we're dealing with maybe some unchecked mental illness mm -hmm. here regardless he introduces matthias aka robert to his friends the folgers now here's the thing about this group of people both the folgers and elijah were all really successful in business but they lived austere lives, so they were doing great financially. They just weren't using any of the money. So they had ass loads of money just laying around. 
and they couldn't fucking wait to give that money to Matthias. So they actually gave him luxuries that they refused to have in their own homes. And there is actually a quote from the time about the way that Matthias would dress once he started hanging out with them. Uh, it's a black leather cap shaped like an inverted cone. I couldn't find pictures of this, so I don't really know. It seems kind of, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, a military frock coat of the best green cloth lined with pink or white silk and decorated with gold braid frogs. Frogs are the toggle mm -hmm. connectors, not actual frogs. Um, and fancy buttons, ruffles at his wrists, and a black cravat, a fine silk vest, and a crimson sash that he also wore around the house, green or black pantaloons, and depending on the weather, sandals or Wellington boots, highly polished and worn outside the pants. He wore the fine two he wore a fine two-edged sword that came from him who was first and last. So he says that God gave him the sword, like the Lady of the Lake, like he's fucking King Arthur or some Tight. shit. And he carried the iron rod with which he would rule the world. So he just walked around with a sword that he said that God gave him and a metal rod that he's like, this is how I'm going to rule Earth. So, See, you know, me prone to bouts of violence. This is the outfit of a man who hears God on the bus. All right. This yes. Well, this is not, this is the guy who was hearing God by fighting people in churches. That's what I'm saying. Given to him by the guy who was hearing bus That's God. what I'm saying, though. It's like that, see, this is, if you're going to hear God on a bus, this is how, this is your drip. This is what you got to yeah. wear. I also cannot stop picturing a person wearing all of these elegant garbs, this weird ass hat, and then just sandals, by the way. I couldn't figure out the sandals part either. I was just like, what? People wore, like, I understand people in warmer climates wearing sandals, mm -hmm. but this is New York. Well, I guess in the summer, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it kind of blew my mind too. But apparently they were very fancy sandals. Wow. So. wow. Okay. You know? Anyway, Benjamin and Ann Folger had bought a new country home in Sing Sing, uh, now present day known as Ossining, New York, which is where Mad Men takes mm. place, or at least parts of the early seasons of Mad Men take place in Ossining. And it's about 30 miles north of Manhattan. And the mansion had 29 acres of land right on the Hudson River. And they named it Heart Place. Only for Matthias to immediately rename it because he visited it and is like, this is the perfect place to start what he first starts out calling the kingdom and then eventually renames it Mount Zion. But it's basically his commune. So he brings all of his followers to the house and he assigned each member a household job based on what he perceived in their spirits. And at first... People were okay with it, even though he didn't have any chores, but whatever. But then he started assigning sexual partners the same way. See, with him as the, quote, father of the house, he, and this, again, there are differing accounts. Some people say that Ann Folger was like, I'm going to be the mother of the house, and so I'm going to seduce him. I don't think so. I think that's real strange. Um, but he basically decides that Ann Folger, wife of Benjamin, uh, is his like match spirit mm -hmm. and that her marriage was invalid and now they were going to start sleeping together 
and he would find somebody else for Benjamin. Yeah, I don't I'm having a hard time thinking that she was the one doing the seducing. I have a hard time. Me too. I have a hard time picturing Anne walking up and being like, my, what nice sandals you have. Sandals you have. Hey. Did I hear that you heard God on the bus? Is that the only (laughs) iron rod you're using now? Mm. Oh. Now, obviously, I'm guessing that Benjamin wasn't super happy about this. Couldn't imagine Uh, he would be. Couldn't imagine he would be. And so he sends Benjamin to go retrieve the family that he abandoned like five years previous at this Mm -hmm. point uh, and bring them to the mansion. Uh, And remember, this is his first wife, Margaret, and their six children. And so Benjamin Folger goes to find them. And when he returns with them, he's like, by the way, I slept with your daughter. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, Matthias's response was to severely beat his daughter, <laughs> which you're just like, why, dude? Why? Anyway. But after some thought, while she recovered, he declared that they were a great match and that they should be married. They both allegedly agreed to this, but there was one problem. Isabella was already married to a man named Charles Laisdell, and he was not super happy with it. So he went to the authorities and they rolled up and were like, hey, you can't just kidnap a dude's wife. Uh, so she's going to come with us. So as all of this is happening, Elijah Pearson, the guy who was hearing bus God, was slowly getting sicker. Uh, A lot of the descriptions say that he was having, quote, nervous fits. It sounds kind of like epilepsy of some sort or strokes. Not sure. Medicine at the time is not great. Um, But once he got to the, once he got to Mount Zion, the, the commune, he got sicker and sicker. And for his own safety, he couldn't be left alone. So they petitioned to have him seen by a doctor and Matthias says no. And he says instead that Pearson was basically harboring 50 devils that he had to fight out. Um, So occasionally he would just beat Elijah. Oh, my God. Regardless, uh, July 28th, 1834, After eating two plates of blackberries, Elijah suddenly became extremely ill and seemed to lose consciousness, but also convulse periodically. And uh, essentially in a moment of lucidity, he like regains consciousness for a little bit. And Matthias is like, only God can save you. And he's like, that's right. Just pray over me. Bus God will save me. So they just leave him alone to die in literally a pool of his own vomit. It's really sad that they were just like, good luck. Hope Bus God comes. Um, the following morning, he was dead, obviously. And a few different doctors performed autopsies. And two of them declared that he had been poisoned based on what they found in his stomach. Now, here's the thing. Science at the time is limited. 
I'm not 100% sure how they determined he was poisoned, but I also fully would not put it past Matthias to poison people because, obviously. Regardless, they have a bigger problem. Because when they decided to move the group to the mansion, the Folgers, Benjamin and Anne, had signed the deed over to Elijah Pearson. So when he died... Westchester County seized the property because he had no heirs. Oh, shit. Yep. And basically everyone that was living there fled to Manhattan. And Benjamin Folger at this point is fucking furious because he and his wife, well, former wife now, had paid for this country house. It was his money and he lost his wife And there's two conflicting stories. One says that he gave Matthias $630 to go west and set up a new kingdom. But on the other hand, when Matthias left and abandoned him, he reported him to the police and said that Matthias had stolen the money and Matthias was arrested and sent to prison, but then moved to the prison ward at Bellevue Hospital because within the prison, they were like, oh, no. Um, this person is not of sound mind. Yeah. This is a problem. This is the first person we brought in here who had their own sandals. Yeah, what's going on? He keeps wearing that red sash everywhere and he wants to ride the bus all the time. <laughs> um, now, if you'll remember, Elijah had that servant, Isabella Van Wagenen, and she actually stayed loyal to Matthias and she worked with his first wife, Margaret, to get him lawyers. Now, Benjamin Folger was worried that she would be a good defense witness. And so she, essentially, he tries to slander her and say that she was the one who poisoned Elijah and claimed that she tried to poison his coffee. And she counters with a slander suit and wins, which is like crazy for the time for a a black woman to be like, you are starting rumors about me and I'm taking you to court and to win. Yeah. Regardless, Matthias is still on trial and now they're trying to try him for Elijah's death. They're trying to prove that he poisoned Elijah. And the trial only lasted four days because the first day he was held in contempt of court because he just shouted about how grand juries were sinful all day. I, what a good day for the prosecution, by the way. To just, I know, like, I to know. just start the court case and just be like, yeah, uh, I think I got this one. <laughs> we're going to be fine. Uh, now, Justice, the judge presiding, was a man named Charles Ruggles, which is <laughs> such a fun name. Uh, but after the first day, with all the screaming... Yeah. He decided to start the second day with a hearing on the defendant's mental competency to stand that's trial. A solid, that's a solid choice, Judge Ruggles. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't and know how to describe this, but Judge Ruggles sounds like when he hits his gavel, it squeaks. I don't know how else. <laughs> I was just picturing Rob Riggle <laughs> in a judge wig. And he's like, no, it's me, Charles Ruggles. I don't know who Rob Riggle is. Um. The hearing for the mental competency was a shit show as well because there was conflicting evidence uh, where some people were like, he's crazy. And other people were like, no, he's a, a con man and he is like fully of sound mind and knows what he's doing. 
Um, but the judge ends up siding with Matthias's brother-in-law, so the the husband of one of his sisters. Um, and they come to the conclusion that Matthias is insane about religious matters, but sane about everything else, which I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's not... Anyway, but he says that to be unfit for the trial, he would need to be, quote, insane on all subjects. <laughs> I'm talking about insane about religion, politics, burgers. Buses. buses. Burgers. <laughs> I need to see a man who wears sandals, carries a sword, and a... Okay, well, this is not helping my case. Oh, wait, oh hold on. Wait a second. But you see what I'm saying. And which I, I'm like... Broken clock is right twice a day. (laughs) What's the definition of being, quote, insane on all subjects? Like, that doesn't... And here's... My my thing is, this man has clearly demonstrated demonstrated a disconnection with reality at at a minimum when it comes to religion and violent outbursts. I feel like he is not fit for trial. Like, I don't think he's a good person, but... But I also think that, like, you can't hold him to man's laws. Like, he doesn't understand them or care about them. You can't hold bus god to man's laws. (laughs) (laughs) Man's laws. The new bus god LP coming out. January 20th. I also just, I'm Um, just throwing it out there. Man's laws coming to Spike TV. That's right. (laughs) We're bringing back Spike TV. I'm not sure if it's still on the air. It's not, and it's just mansers, but it's just like broke. Man though. law, you're you're in violation of man law. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know from being a bad wingman? It's illegal to not have ten titties next to you at any one time. <laughs> man law. Um. I, do you know why you, I pulled you over? Because I don't have truck nuts on this truck. <laughs> yes. You're in violation of man's law. Um. Anyway, so. They rule that he's competent to stand trial, but they bring in multiple doctors and they can't agree on the autopsy results. So they declare a mis- they declare a mistrial and they choose not to recharge Robert. So he's just like free to go. And they're just like, I guess them blackberries just killed that guy. <laughs> like, that's what happened. I know this is such a stupid thing to ask, but is it possible that he was just allergic to blackberries? I think so. Yeah, I think anything's possible. Um, I also think that uh, maybe he ate such an excess of blackberries that it inter- interacted with him in some way. Or I also think there were signs that he was struggling with untreated either epilepsy or strokes beforehand. Mm-hmm. That could have killed him, too. Like any number of things could have killed him. I'm not 100% that he was murdered or poisoned. He may have been. He may not have been. There's no way to know. Um, regardless, uh, they do give Matthias a short sentence for beating his daughter. Like back when she first got back to the house. Because her daughter's husband argued at court that... You had a right to beat her when she was your child, but as soon as she got married, only I can beat her. And the court was like, that's correct. No! <laughs> because this is a terrible time for women. <laughs> it's a horrible time to be a lady. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's a very short sentence. And after serving his sentence, Matthias decides Matthias decides that he's not going to be in New York anymore. He is going to travel. So he decides to travel to Kirkland, Ohio, 
and he changes his name to Joshua the Jewish Minister. <laughs> okay, nondescript. Yeah. Where he was able to get an audience with Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon Church. And they hung out together for a couple days, and he even allowed Matthias, a.k.a. Joshua the Jewish Minister, to preach to his congregation. Um, but after... He and Joseph Smith get in a huge fight and they each accuse each other of being possessed by the devil. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God damn it. It's just that Spider-Man meme of each other pointing yeah. at each other. <laughs> yes. You're possessed by the devil. No, you are. It's the same thing that happened when the Bible was canonized and all of the different popes kept calling each other the yeah. Antichrist. It's that. It's I hope that. to I hope to God that there was at least one person watching this shit show happen and just be like, you know what? I'm out. I gotta go. I gotta dip out. There is. And are you ready to hear about yes, who it please. was? All right, so do you remember the ex-slave servant, Isabella Van yes. Wagenen? So after all the trial, she's like, yeah, I'm not following you anymore. I'm going to stay in New York. And in 1843, she decided to change her name to Sojourner Truth. Uh, she became a prominent activist in support of the abolition of slavery and for women's rights. Holy shit. She comes out of it with the best storyline. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this dude and Sojourner Truth were on trial together for murdering a guy with blackberries. And that's where our story ends. He ends up dying, they believe, somewhere in Iowa with nothing else interesting happening about him. What a fucking life, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild yeah. one. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. When I found this one the other night, I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. yes. The best, hey, the best part of waking up for me today has been this Folgers in my cup. All right. 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 Except they wouldn't allow you to have cups or any furniture mm -hmm. or coffee. They would just say dr they had literally like empty houses where they were just like sitting in chairs as a luxury. Hey, man, that sounds like my childhood. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's where our story ends today. Thank you for um, investing in my new Bus God yeah. album. I'm excited to see I'm it come out. I'm excited to produce it. Yeah. You know what? I will say that uh, to, to make the connection, these people's houses look like the average SoundCloud rapper's house where it's just <laughs> this is no furniture. Absolutely no furniture. They're sleeping on the floor, old iPhone charger next to the pillow. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. I love this old shit so much. I love it. These are some of my favorites. I was looking specifically for, I was like, because we, we only had to fill like one episode before we go into another series. And I was like, what could I do in one episode? And I was like, man, it's been a while since somebody invented a cereal to stop masturbation. <laughs> Let's find something like that. Let's find Bus God. <laughs> Let's find Bus God. Oh, I'm so glad you were able to bring this to me. Bus it. <laughs> Bus it. I just, I, oh my God. Yeah. I, I want, I want to see, I want to hear Bus God featuring my thighs and ass. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
all right hey if you if you want to uh if you want to listen to the new bus god album i can't promise that it'll be there but i can promise you that you could find a bunch of cool shit at patreon.com slash cult podcast that's how you can help us out support the show hey who knows maybe we put out a bus god single coming up one of these days yeah and you can pre-save it on spotify at spotify.com slash bus god there you go type that in i'm sure it'll work <laughs> b-u-s-s-g-a-w-d yeah bus god uh, one of those s's is a dollar sign and i'm not going to tell you which one it is no i think both of those s's should okay. be okay you know what sign. there it is they're both it was a trick because it's a because this idea it's is all money. cash money oh my god yeah thank you so much for listening uh you can if you're trying to listen to the show somewhere else might we suggest rooster teeth go to roosterteeth.com uh, or download the rooster teeth app on a bunch of your devices to listen to the show um and you know what i'm gonna pitch it to them let's see if we can get man laws on rooster teeth <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I feel like I could make a pretty hilarious like crime of the week show called Man, Man Laws. Laws. <laughs> I just wanna I wanna host Man Laws and be like, I'm Armando Torres. Welcome to Man Laws. Tonight, is it illegal to ice yourself? And then <laughs> <laughs> and then i open it a- how many urinals do you have to be away from someone before it's gay <laughs> oh my god yo okay okay i had to drive to a show and uh it was it was in northern california it was in santa rosa and i had to stop at a truck yes. stop to go to the bathroom and i walk into the bathroom and i have had to pee for the last hour and there's three urinals and both of them are taken up so i have to go in the middle one and i'm like bro i can't wait i have to pee and i'm peeing in this urinal and my mask is kind of covering my my glasses and i want to make sure that i'm not peeing over the urinal because i'm a really tall guy so i have to i have to like bend down and look and my glasses fell off of my face and no! I and I fumbled with them, and right before they fell in the urinal, I caught them, and I brought them up, and just went, "Yeah!" And I then I had to look at the two men next to me, who all they <laughs> saw was a giant man fumble with his dick and go, "Is that a Yeah! <laughs> I don't know if that's worth it story wise, but I I can't. You violated yeah, man Yeah, I violated man so, so I'm um, going to jail. They're sending me uh, on the bus. You're under man rest. <laughs> you have the right to rem- to remain silent. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of bra. <sighs> court of <Yeah>. bra? Yes. <sighs> remain <laughs> We got to make this stupid show. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, if you want to find me, if you want to find me, I'm at a truck stop bathroom between Los Angeles and Santa Rosa. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Mondo Does Stuff, M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. Uh, I got shows coming up in December. Uh, check my Instagram on December 8th, Ugh. 9th. Wait. On December 8th through the 11th, I'll be in San Diego, California doing some stand-up. 
Uh, and then I'll be in Minneapolis for a little bit. And then uh, on the 29th, I'll be back in San Diego. I'm headlining uh, the Madhouse. Come through. Come check it out. It'll be fun. I love you. Mondo does stuff everywhere. That's my name. I'm not bragging. That's my <laughs> that's my social media <laughs> handle. At Mondo Does Stuff. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of that. I love you. Goodbye. Forever. Bye. Uh, I reserve the right to remand loud on all my various <laughs> social medias. Uh, you can find me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and if you want to send me... Uh, what you think man laws are that people break or could break, you could send them to any of those. If you like hearing my voice, uh, you could hear it on Horror Virgin, Romancing the Pod, and Blackheart Rehab is coming back. Uh, so you got a lot of chances. And if you want to see me roast battle, keep an eye on my Instagram. I will post dates there. I love you. Goodbye. Hell yeah. You funk. You blah, 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 blah. I just had a stroke. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah if you want to follow the show you can do so on instagram at colt podcast or on twitter at colt podcast show you can also send us an email to colt podcast show at manlaws.com <laughs> i mean gmail g man mail but m-a-l-e God, oh, and if you want to send us, I don't know, the Ten Commandments, oh, it's just the Ten Man Laws, <laughs> you can send it to, uh, I don't remember, 2756? Three, is that it? 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like, like the, the Shining, Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say, um, don't eat blackberries, apparently. No. Apparently, you can eat so many blackberries that you die. Right. Also, I've tried. I've tried eating a blackberry. One blackberry is too much. The fucking little keys. Yeah, I was going to say, was like, your- you know, all the like motherboards inside. I'm like, where do you even yeah. find one these days? Everything's a smartphone. I take a bite out of a blackberry. I'm tasting batter, and I'm thinking to myself, "Is this stuffing? Is, is this, this what Outlook tastes like? I don't like what." Um, and uh, don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.